Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sneaky Sports Podcast Season 3, episode number 29 on this Overreaction Monday. Um, See, this is another episode where I feel like the term simulated draft needs to be turned on for the NFL because I was looking through like, oh, what are we going to talk about NFL-wise? There was absolutely zero like actual topics to talk about. It's like all these rumors about Aaron Rodgers not being able to negotiate his contract or, you know, scouts say Justin Fields um, is now the second best quarterback. All of a sudden he got popped back up to second best. Like, it's like all these rumors and it's just like enough, man. We need the draft so people can stop spewing shit out of their asshole. But anyways, um, we got that major NBA talk today. So without further ado, uh, let's dive on in. All right, we start today's episode off um, with a mock draft. Uh, obviously, um, like I said in the intro, there's really nothing to talk about NFL-wise, but we are only 10 days away um, from the 2021 NFL draft, which is extremely exciting. Um, but, you know, we got a mock draft, to, of course, to do, because we'll do one today probably, and then we'll probably do like a final one next Monday, I'm guessing, because that, that's just like our final one. Um, today, it is a bit excessive. I do agree. But also... There also is nothing else to talk about. So I don't know. You know, we're in a tough boat here. Sticky situation. So uh, here we go with our mock drafts. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence still remains number one at this point. I mean, Urban Meyer literally came out of retirement to, to get a, a quarterback um, of his caliber. Like, he's not he's not going to go out here and suck Trey Lance at number one. Um so that let's just I mean that's pretty cool. Well, right? I don't know if you saw, but some Jaguar like a lot of Jaguars fans donated. Yeah, the wedding donations, right? Foundation, and he said, "I can't wait to be a part of your community soon." Yeah, that's I mean, all. He donated twenty thousand back to them. Yeah, and you know the Bengals gave Joe Burrow their playbook a month before the draft last yeah. year. Yeah. So I, I mean, we know this stuff. So like, I'm I'm sure you know here he has a playbook. He's already learning it. He's like, he already knows. Jacksonville. Yes. Well, he's a Jaguar. He, like, you put in your, you put in your like beat a Jaguar squad. You put Trevor Lawrence as your quarterback. So, I mean, everybody knows at this point. It's just I, a matter I put of Zach Wilson for the Jets. So it's a matter of making it official at this point. So, um, yeah. Number two is, you know, I guess right now it's pretty consensus that Zach Wilson will be a Jet. It's just funny to me though because it wasn't always like this. It, it's only been like this for a month or so, I would say, month and a half. But before then, it was like, you know, do they take a or do they trade back, obviously, with them when they had Darnold? Or do they take just Justin Fields was another one. But um, I guess really no questions asked, right, guys? Wilson, too? No. Yeah, Wilson, Wilson too, is pretty, pretty consensus. And then number three, see, here's where I, I think this is where the draft starts at. The, you know the San Francisco 49ers are taking a quarterback. Everyone knows that. It's just a matter of who. And there's three names that have popped around. Almost every single one at one point or another has been favored to go there. Um, Fields, Lance, and Jones. Now, I keep flip-flopping back and forth between Jones and Fields, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay at Fields. It's my second second week in a row staying at Fields. I, I feel confident that Fields um, is going to the, the, the Niners. Um, after I saw the Niners finally like show some love to Fields going into his pro day and actually recognizing him. Because before, right, like we were talking about this last time, I think – Mac Jones had his pro day the same day and they chose Jones, but wouldn't it be the biggest mistake ever to like take Jones? I don't know. Maybe it's just, that's just me. I don't know. If he's their guy, then it's not a mistake. It just depends. I mean, he's the most like pro ready 
Like he he's he, he's the Man, best. Shut up with that. Trevor Lawrence is the most pro ready. Like I hate that word pro ready. What does that even mean? Christ. <laughs> no, but he, no, because I remember Josh was Josh Rosen not pro ready. That was like the thing they used about Josh Rosen. They said he's pro ready. Like I never want to hear the term pro ready ever again because it doesn't. It's not even true. Obi Toppin was pro ready. All these guys are pro ready. And they well, suck. Matt Jones was in the most was in a similar offense to an NFL offense. He was in a pro style offense at Alabama. That program's run like basically like an it wasn't Tua program. in the same offense. Uh, I don't think Tua had Steve Sarkeesian as his offense. Well, no, he didn't. But I mean, I'm sure it's a similar Randall. I mean, they, they don't just change the playbook up just because Steve Shark. I mean, he worked with Saban before. This wasn't the first time he just came in Saban's place and you know changed the. I, I'm sure it was a similar system. But anyways, I don't like that term. I don't. And I'm going to come out here and say right now, I don't like that term at all because I think it, it's just thrown around too loosely for a player who's not that good. But like people want to make an excuse for like why he should be drafted high. And that's just, that's just my thoughts on that. I mean, honestly. Um, so number that, Honestly, after seeing the whole Josh Rosen debacle, I, I don't care for that anymore. Yeah, number four is definitely interesting. Picks, we have number, we have different picks at number three. I have Trey Lance. Well, yeah, and we both have fields. Well, I was – yeah, I was talking about how it's between those three quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I would – I just – I saw something today that Trey Lance had like a – there's a similar connection between uh, – like a mutual person connection between him, Shanahan, and whatever. But it'll be Fields or Lance, I think. I think Jones is more out of the question now than ever. Yeah, See, but it still confuses me why they went to his pro day, though. Over like, that, that to me makes no sense. I still don't understand. Well, why. I guess they knew that Fields was going to have that second one, and but that was Matt Jones had a second one too. Oh yeah, I don't know. And I think he went to. I think the Niners went to both of them. So like, it's just no, so no, no. weird. Well, yeah, the Niners went to Fields' second one. All of them went. So it doesn't. Really, I I don't know. It's yeah. No, I mean it's weird. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it actually all shapes up. But yeah, all right. We don't need to, dude. Who cares about who? What quarterback goes there? We know a quarterback's going. That's like the bottom line. Um, number four is where, I mean, this has became just so weird because everyone like has a sense that Atlanta won't pick at four, but I guess some people like hold out the hope that they will, um, choose a quarterback. So I feel like the two options are either they trade out or they choose a quarterback. And I think Graf has them choosing Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, you've been pretty strong on this opinion, but, uh, yeah, I just, I, first of all, I hate like predicting trades in mock drafts. I think it's like just impossible to predict. And second of all, I think the Falcons need to draft a quarterback. I, a lot of I've been saying this for a while. A lot of people convince themselves the Falcons are one piece away, and like I just hope that their front office is smart enough to realize that they're not just one piece away. I mean, they have a lot of holes, and I think they just gotta enter rebuild mode. They can you know stick it out another year or two with Matty Ice, but at some point they gotta pull the trigger. Well, yeah, the contract though is just. I mean, it's it's massive. It is a pretty well, yeah, big contract. Made this, we've made this point before. They're never going to be picking this high again unless yeah, something really goes wrong. So if they think Trey Lance is like a potential franchise quarterback, they got to take him. You know, I, I can get that. But I just always think when there's five quarterbacks in a draft class, like this is, remember, this is the fourth quarterback. Oh, yeah. Two of them this are will, This will be the fourth quarterback that pe- like most scouts can come to an agreement that this is the fourth best one. And I, look, I guess there's examples where Pat Mahomes, like, you know, is a third and he, he's the best one. But there's also a lot of examples where the guy, the fourth or third best one just absolutely stinks. There's way more of those than the Mahomeses. So it's just like, I feel like for me, I would rather draft the, the, the best quarterback in a draft class or the second best, or I would just stay away. Because odds are, I mean, we've seen like how many years the history yeah, but, tells you. Yeah, not but all every, good. every team has a different second best or 
third best quarterback on their board. Like you could have the Jets, for example, that Zach Wilson is the second best, and you could have the Patriots for say have Justin Fields as the second best quarterback on their board. So it's all every team is a different analysis and different big board. That's why I'm saying, and and then like you said. Sure, two of them are going to bust, but you're going to hope that if you're going to pick a guy, he's going to sit behind Matt, Matt Ryan for two years, that he has a better chance of not busting by sitting and learning more. I don't, that, that's, yeah. that's what they have to think about. And really quickly, I think Josh Allen was also the fourth quarterback taken in that draft class, and he was a similar player in the sense that he came from a small school. And he was like an athletic project. He had a huge arm, but people didn't really know how accurate he could be as a passer, and he's worked out. He's just out. like Trey Lance, like you said. Really. You know, well, Josh Allen also – see, the thing is, I mean – Remember last summer, guys, we were talking about how, or people were talking about how, you know, Sam Darnold was better than Josh Allen. And that yeah, was in, in the real talk because Sam or Josh Allen had the perfect situation in Buffalo. He had an ideal no situation with Stefan Diggs, obviously that Brian Dable. So like, do you think that that situation is going to, you know, be there for a guy like Trey Lance? Most likely not. And if he doesn't get that situation, you know, Josh Allen, if he didn't have this opportunity this year with Stephon Diggs, probably would have been a bust. I'm just going to say it. He Because he would have had a similar year to – but year know. two, he was bad. He was bad, Frank. And, every, yeah, and a lot of people thought he was a bottom five quarterback. And that was an actual conversation. I think he would have been a little bit better. He, he did – like No, not a bust, but a bottom five quarterback. Because remember, Frank, I think – I'm not going to call you out. But, I mean, I am going to call you out. You said that Sam Darnold was better than Josh Allen – last summer because you're just but you're biased you're biased you're biased so I, I actually understand that but like still that's people were saying you weren't the only one like people were fucking saying that man so it, it's true Trey Lance could have never had the situation and just never really amount to anything in, in the NFL well, so it's it's it just yeah it's weird but anyway me and Frank have a, a few trades um you know we already talked about this pick for a while so I don't want to get into it too much but Frank has the Patriots um moving up for a quarterback um, that being Justin Fields, you know, so that's a pretty big, I guess, storyline. I would say the Patriots getting a quarterback. They're getting that a quarterback be... in this draft. As every day goes by, I'm convinced more and more they're getting a quarterback in this draft. Or the, the day of the draft, they're trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. There's no way Cam Newton starts the season as quarterback. Okay, that's all right. And then I have um the Chargers trading it for Panay Sewell. I'm pretty confident that um some team will trade up to number four. I'm not sure which, like, like I said, I mean, it's almost impossible to actually predict which teams. I feel like we'll, up. we'll have a better idea on draft night because whatever first like teams, cause it'll, it's going to go one, two, three quarterback, obviously. So whatever quarterback is available at four, if one of these teams has these guy really high on the board and they want a quarterback, someone's trading up for the pick. The Falcons yeah, so, that high, unless yeah, they so like a quarterback a lot. Definitely. Definitely. Um, number five is, do we have any controversy? I mean, we probably do. I mean, there's always controversy every Yeah. So this is the big debate between um, Chase and Sewell. Chase is going. He's, he's getting – they're picking him regardless. I, they're stupid for doing it, but they're still picking Yeah. Well, yeah, you have to listen to Joe Burrow. I mean, I want to get Graf, though, was I mean, yeah, I think Graf's right, though. I think I think well, Graf's yeah, I ultimately right. Well, but um, I think, Ben, you have you have Sewell going before this, so this isn't even a conversation for you because, obviously, if Sewell's gone, they're going to take Chase. But – I think they should say take Slater. They should take Slater, but I know they're taking Chase. Because I saw saw like a meme about this yesterday. It's like, would you rather have Joe Burrow getting hit every play and then just chucking it up to Chase? Or would you rather have him all day to throw and then still throwing to like T. Higgins and, you know, like those guys? They have solid receivers. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Jamar Chase is great, but like at the end of the day, like, and it's like Joe Burrow literally blew out his knee because his left tackle can block, you know? 
Yeah, I do think that they're giving Joe Burrow a, a little bit too much power if they're letting him 100%. pick the player. Listen, because sometimes you have to let the, the guy get out of his own way. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's going to – I mean, if you make the pick and you listen to Burrow ultimately, you're, you're pretty much just like – you're making him get in his own way. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't. But, I mean, we've seen – Time and time again, like in the NBA, especially now quarterbacks in NFL, like they get power to choose who they want. The star players, NBA power to do whatever they want. Same thing with the um, NFL quarterbacks. It's just, I mean, how it is, but the issue um, with that is the NBA is different. Like LeBron, like, like forces the Lakers to get AD and like, they can make that work LeBron and AD, but like, you can't just like make Burrow and Chase work. Like you can't just work around not having an offensive line. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. It's more of a team sport. I do agree. So, I mean, it's going to be tough. But, like, why is everybody forcing the narrative that Chase is going to five? Because I feel like everybody has Chase at five now. It's like all of a sudden it's just, like, randomly flipped because yeah, Burrow I mean, made I those think comments. I will be the pick. I just – if I was in this situation, I would, without a doubt, take the potential all-pro offensive lineman. It's going to be interesting to see if um, Sue will bust. Because people, I guess, like, just because how important offensive linemen are, people speak so highly of any offensive lineman who's a, a first-time grade. They're like, oh, this guy's a beast. We're, he's going to improve our old line. But, like, what if he doesn't? Like, Andrew Thomas, I know he played better at the end of last year, but, like, I mean, the dude was was pretty bad. And the Giants did the right thing by drafting an offensive tackle, you know, hype, like, theoretically, like, we did the right thing, I guess. But it didn't work out. Like, what if Sewell's that guy? So I mean, I it, guess the Bengals figure that they'll just get offensive linemen in the second and the third round because – to be honest with you, they don't need a tackle. That's the one position they don't need somebody at. Although I think Jonah Williams is better at guard. Um, they have him mm-hmm. at left tackle, and now they have Reef at right tackle. So they really need interior offensive line. And obviously Sewell is a tackle, but you could play him anywhere. But they must figure that there's guys that they can get in the second, third, fourth, whatever round that could come in and plug and play right away. And a lot of teams think this way. So they think if they can get this game-changing playmaker this high, that it would make sense. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So number six to Miami. I mean, we don't really need to talk about this too much because it's going to be it's chase or or chase, right? So me and me, me and me and Frank have uh, the Dolphins selecting Kyle Pitts at number six. Graf has um, them selecting Jamar Chase, which is fine. I mean, either one, if you want a skill position player, bottom line, get two or more weapons, you know, see what he on that offense. Yeah, exactly. Just, just see, you know, just see what um Tua can do with weapons, and, and I think that's the ultimate goal right there. So pretty simple. Number seven, um, this is the Lions pick. We have heard some rumors that the Lions are interested in trading back, and to me, like I might actually that might be my final change in my mock draft. The Patriots trading up to the Lions because the Lions, I don't think they want to pick at seven, and I think the Patriots would like to have a quarterback. Now, would they be willing to trade up nine spot or? eight spots what is it nine or 11 yeah, spots it's it's 11 spots so so would they want to trade up 11 spots or eight spots maybe if they can get like you know a pretty steal deal with the lions you might want to do that so they could be in play for um trading down the lions patriots obviously in the play for trading up the bears it's unlikely they trade with the lions division rival never really happens um but yeah so um at number seven with the lions we do currently have them staying there um or wait not everybody has to say that actually Frank has the thing that I was suggesting that the Lions do trade back um, with the Washington football team. I mean, ultimately they're going to, they need a playmaker. So like I would, it would make sense if they stay there and like pick someone like you guys have Pitts or Waddle or Devonte Smith. Like they, they need a playmaker. They don't have yeah, anybody yeah. on offense. They have Tyrell Williams and like 
who Brashad Perriman, I think their yeah, receivers it's, are. It's like, they're, they don't have a guy that can play. So they need to pick, stay there, pick a playmaker, or a team that needs a quarterback to come up and move up with the Lions because they're interested in trading back. So you the Washington football team selecting Mac Jones at number seven. Not bad. Um, then I think Graf has um, them selecting Kyle Pitts, which once again, playmaker, fine. I have them selecting Waddle. Um, so yeah, playmaker, like you said, Frank, playmaker, stay there. Or you, you know, trade back um, for a quarterback needy team, which seems like the, the only option for the Lions at this point. Yep. Um, number eight, um, this is interesting, I guess, because now that the uh, Carolina Panthers officially secured um, their quarterback position, I guess, because you can't just trade for Darnold and then like, pick a quarterback it, it would be weird it would be weird so we have him um going protection because left tackle is obviously one of the biggest needs on the carolina panthers t- uh, football team um i think me and uh who me and frank or me and me and graf my bad me and graf have the um panthers selecting rashawn slater um from northwestern and then frank has him selecting panay sewell um from oregon but we uh, so yeah so both of the tackles would go in the top eight seems pretty fair or or Frank doesn't have. Do you do not have uh, Slater in the top eight? No, because I have like cool. I have a, I have five quarterbacks. Yeah. So. so all right. So you have five quarterbacks. I think me and um. Me I mean, Sl- if Slater's there at eight, they're gonna pick him. It's the reality of it. Yeah. So like they're picking a lineman. They're not because they they signed David Moore too, and they already have Anderson and uh, Moore. So maybe Pitts would be the play if he's still there, but I don't think he'll be there at that late. Okay. Yeah. So pretty pretty reasonable. We take um. Offensive lineman for Carolina. Number nine is the Broncos. And see, this is my out-of-the-box pick. I Trey Lance going to the Broncos as a developmental project one year sitting down behind the bum Drew Locke. Nah, he um, wouldn't be able to sit a whole year. He'd sit three games tops. They'd lose, and then they'd bring him in. He Locked said four. Off. Yeah, you're right. So he'd sit four games, five games, whatever it is. Um, so I have them sitting Trey Lance. I think uh, Graf has him sitting Michael Parsons. And then I want to get the, so the, the Parsons versus JOK debate right now. Um, because Frank has them selecting Jeremiah Owusu Kormea. I think that, yeah. I think that was I, I think Parsons is a better player, but it's just JOK is less of the the people are really worried about Parsons' character concerns, and people think he might even fall out like out of the first round. That's how bad it is. And somebody so like and, and then Gregory Rousseau was another guy who was supposed to be like a top five pick for the season. He might fall all the way to the end of the first round as well. So that's why I have them going JOK. He won the Buckus Award, best linebacker. He's from Notre Dame. He's a good kid. He's fast. And they kind of need somebody in the middle there. They have Johnson and Josie Jewell, but they're nothing special. This guy's a game-changing player. He struggles and run a little bit, but I think ultimately if the Broncos stay there and they don't pick a quarterback, which I really honestly think they might at this point, they'll probably pick like somebody on the defensive side of the ball. But they don't need corners anymore either. Yeah, well, we know, we know they're not going receiver. And we know they're not going corner. Yeah. So you know, I, if, if Lance is still there or if maybe even Fields falls, I think even Jones, maybe. I could see them taking one of those guys. I don't know if they would take Jones, but, you know, I don't I don't have any of those quarterbacks falling, which is why I have them taking Parsons. I just, I just think, I mean, this is a very receiver-heavy draft, and they're, not, they're obviously not going to take a receiver. So, Yeah, they know. have, like, four receivers, so mm-hmm. they definitely don't need one. Yeah. And they have three yeah. too. So. Yeah, so it's, uh, the Broncos are a weird team, though, because, like, it feels like they had not don't have really a lot of needs, but, like, they're not good. Just because they don't have a quarterback. Exactly. That's exactly my point. So I think Trey Lance might be the guy, like ultimately, but who knows? Um, And then number 10, this is, dude, I've seen Sertain on every single mock draft of the Cowboys. Like, I haven't seen a single mock draft made where Sertain doesn't go 10. I feel like the Cowboys are a kind of team that, like, 
doesn't always pick like the guy that you expect them to pick. You know, like, CeeDee Lamb was so shocking like, last year. If Kyle Pitts is somehow there at 10 or they might trade up, like they, they're very aggressive in drafts and they'll pick somebody if they like, I could see them going JC Horn even over certain like, or Caleb Farley and take the chance on him. Like, this team will do anything. They're crazy. You know, I will say Dallas has drafted good actually with Jerry Jones. Like they, they've they've actually been drafting good over these past couple of drafts. Um, like I mean, other than a few picks, I think it's weird because Jalen Smith really fell off. Like, really fell off. And I'm um, same with uh, same with Vander Vander Esch. So it, it's weird because they were you know kind of regarded as two good 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 great linebackers, and now it's like a whole different. Um, but may, but maybe with like, you know, a better surrounding cast on defense, you know, I, I think that, I think that matters. I think, you know, your surrounding cast on defense matters for your play individually because it's a team sport ultimately and, you know, better players around you obviously makes everyone better. Um, yeah. So that's the mock draft for our second to final one. So our last Ooh, one will yeah. be obviously next Monday. Yeah. And I think next week, I'm sure, I, I don't know. Personally, I think we're going to hear a lot of buzz coming around soon about a lot of quarterbacks. I think all five quarterbacks will be gone within the top 10. I don't think so anymore, but we'll see. We'll see. I think, I think the Panthers were the team. Matt, Mac Jones is a little iffy, but I think the other four are definitely gone within the top seven, honestly. Somebody, somebody's going to trade up because it, the, these teams, like the football team, the, the Bears, even the Patriots, if they think that they can get a quarterback and then like possibly elevate their team to a playoff team, they're going to do it. They, they have to. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk about the NBA. We were actually talking about this on Friday, Sneak. The the load management problem is getting out of hand. And it seems like every night that there's a marquee matchup on, a star player is sitting out, constantly load managing. And this is a shortened season with Corona and everything. They didn't have the time in the offseason. So I understand it. But we were talking about possibly shortening the season to 60 games. Um kind of not having back-to-backs as often. So these star players have to play. I mean, this is ridiculous. You see, I, I basically see Kawhi. I rarely see Kawhi playing on primetime anymore. Uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron. It's PG. PG, same thing. Anthony Davis and LeBron. Um, it seems like they're not even really hurt anymore. They're just sitting out just for the sake of it. AD sitting out. I'm convinced. I mean, He's just sitting like, out. This is almost getting ridiculous at this point. Kyrie sitting out all the time. I mean – we're watching these primetime games. We're just watching K- KD sitting out all the time. He, yeah. he, he'll get hurt. He'll play five minutes in the first quarter, like two games in a row and just like walk out of the game. Yeah. And I know he, he actually injured himself. Yeah. So fair enough. But like, I remember that one game he played where he'll, he'll only play like eight minutes. He had like 17 points to go for like eight minutes. Like what? They're like, just resting until the playoffs. It's ridiculous. He doesn't even play games. Like, I mean, to me, the problem with this whole thing is that they, I like, even the play, it's gotten to the point where even the players know regular season doesn't matter, and it's so like he's done to the they have to shorten the season, they have to make the games Remember, matter. That's what we're going to, though. You know, they love money. I mean, they added the playoff, the play in game permanently, yeah. But the NFC, I think honestly, they have to try a new method. I think the game, the amount of the, the amount of games doesn't really equate to the amount of money you make because if you can get hype, more hype around each game. Like then ultimately you still will make the same amount of money. I like think, you, I mean, uh, like you said, the NFL, every single game matters. Like you, you can't take a week off unless you're already clinched into a playoff seat. Like nobody takes a week off. You don't see Baker Mayfield load managing or like Pat Mahomes load managing after yeah. like a, a week four law. Like what? Or you didn't see so, Joe Burrow load managing after he got hit 25 times in a game. Like he was out there the next week, whether he was so I'm saying, you, whatever. 16 games NFL, you have to find a way where these games actually matter. That's why I'm because, saying short, short in the season. 
Because mm-hmm. it's just like, I mean, look, and I'm sorry, because I know there's a lot of like people will be like, oh, well, you're an idiot. You know, why are you saying short in the season? MB will lose money. Stats will be, you know, just kind of shit. But listen, I mean, if these games don't even matter to the players, why should players. they matter to the fans? Why they, should the fans what, even care about the game play? anymore? What do the star players play tops at an 82-game season? 55, 60 games tops? It's like 60 games. It's getting to where like, they play 50, yeah. 50 games. At and Kawhi's not, when, Ka- we're talking about Kawhi. He's not even hurt. He just like doesn't. He just doesn't want to play. Doesn't play. Kawhi is the original pioneer of this whole load management. No, 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 no. Greg Pop. I mean, well, Popovich, yeah. Because Tim Duncan and then like they rested before Kawhi even got yeah, there. Yeah, but I think Kawhi made it very popular when he came to the Raptors and like made it very clear, like I'm not playing more than 50 games. I know. Yeah, like, he's like, I'm not playing. I refuse to play. Back to back, I'm done. Like, he won't even play back to backs. Like, bro, you've been. You've been injury-free for, like, three years now, bro. Like, it's about time to get on the court and actually play the games you're supposed to play. Like, and I don't, I'm not sounding like an old head. I really – I don't want to sound like an old head saying, like, oh, play these games, this and that. But if these players don't even care enough to actually play a game, why should us fans be interested? And then why complain about the ratings being down? Then they, then they want to complain about the ratings being down. But then yeah, – Every time you, know, you have a game on ESPN or TNT, the best player is not playing. And – Two best players for each team, it feels like at this point. It's like, oh, bam. It's like Jimmy Butler's not playing yesterday. It's like, oh, KD Harden. Oh, we, all these guys are not playing. It's like, why am I watching Bam out of bio versus Kyrie Irving when this is, this should be a, a, a potential Eastern Conference Finals preview? Like, what? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, let's move on to the Celtics and their potential future outlook because they've won six in a row and eight of nine this month. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have been playing out of their minds. We all saw on Saturday night the whole Tatum Ooh, versus Curry matchup, which was just unbelievable. And then two nights prior, Jalen Brown scored 40 points on 17 of 20 shooting. It's just absurd. So their big two guys are just playing very well as of late. But do they still like have a realistic shot to win the East or even compete with the Nets? Because I don't personally think so. I mean, I don't know. I still think that they could beat maybe someone like the 76ers or the Bucks because they have guys that can actually shoot the basketball. Um, so I, I could see them possibly getting all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know about beating the Nets, but I think that they're in a little bit better position now than they were before just because, like I said, all that matters in the playoffs is you have guys that can score and create shots, and they have that. So And they have two guys that could do that at a pretty really elite level. So I could see it. You know, you saw Tatum go back and forth with Curry on Saturday. They came back, actually, in that game, too. They, they were pulling away the whole time. And then at the end of the game, they closed out on a huge run. So I could see them possibly getting all the way to the Easter Conference Finals just solely on the fact that they have guys that can, re- can create perimeter shots. Yeah, I mean, all right. So here's me my hot take, I guess, of the day. And it's going to be that the 76ers will lose to the Celtics in the playoffs again. Again, because the Celtics own the 76ers first of all in the playoffs. I mean, it's been proven. It's been proven. Like Kenny Vikes, it's been proven. And second off, the Celtics... Like you just said, Frank, have the, the most valuable asset in, in playoff basketball, which is perimeter shot creation from two players, superstar players. So until the 76ers can show me that Tobias Harris can actually get buckets for you in the final five minutes, I have zero faith in them. And right now, they'll beat the Hawks, the Celtics, they'll beat them in four, literally four or five games. I I firmly believe that. And then they'll beat the Sixers in six, seven. And, I, and then that's it. I think they make it to the conference finals. I could definitely see and it. lose to the Nets. I just don't in, see them. In, in four games. They, they will lose to the Nets in four games. Hopefully the Bucks. hopefully the Nets choke like they um, they hopefully do. I don't know. Hopefully, like my 2K simulation graph, the Nets lost to the Knicks in seven games oh, in the 70s. Go. 
the Knicks beat the Nets in seven games. I'm, so I'm telling you, the one. Knicks will beat the Nets. If we beat the Nets, in the, that, that would be the, the highlight of my life. If the Knicks beat the Nets, that would be the best series of all time. All right, so let's talk about the Knicks. We're already talking about them. Uh, they've won six games in a row. This is their first five-game win streak since 2014 when they had Carmelo Anthony. We currently sit sixth in the Eastern Conference with a record of 31-27, four games above 500. Currently taking on the Bucks in the first round. And then I just Good, want Giannis. After we Giannis. Played, uh, the Pelicans uh, Sunday at home at MSG, Zion said, I think outside of New Orleans, Madison Square Garden might be my favorite place to play. So Zion and RJ maybe in a, in a little bit, but – Guys, you know, think the Knicks can get – I think they have to get to the four or five seed to have any chance of getting out of the first round. But I Well, I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, of course. But the fact that the Knicks are even in this position, I think this this means more than just this season. I mean, I don't even think their success this season has anything to do with like – or it, it shouldn't like matter if they make it far in the playoffs. The fact that they're already in this position at least shows free agents and it shows people who might want to be traded here – that, you know, it's not a place that you go to die at. It's a place that you could potentially, you know, have a nice little career for yourself. And it's not like, you know, you cannot win. It's not like a cursed franchise. So it's also pretty cool because, like, look at Julius Randle, for example. This guy, you know, people were giving him a bag of shit last year because he underperformed. And then this year, we have Knicks fans calling him an MVP candidate. This guy's one of the most popular players in the NBA uh-huh. only because he's got the Knicks to the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. And they're treating this guy like he's a god. Could you imagine if they He's win? He's a god. He's a god. Series? If you're like, winning games in New York, automatically you're just going to become popular. Doesn't matter who you especially are. Especially if you're the number one. Like, dude, I've never seen a play. Like, Julius Reynolds literally be like MVP chance on the free throws at the Garden again last night. Like, anytime this guy stepped on that free throw line, they call him the MVP. So I think, yeah, of course, it's attractive for any startup. Like, especially Bradley Beal or Bradley Beal. You got to come here, CJ. Love you, have you. But, yeah, but we got to have these – what's up? These guys would help the Knicks that much. But listen, we're trying to be just competitive, dude. We're just going to try to be competitive. And then maybe when RJ and um, – then after those guys are like Pastor Prime, Zion and maybe that's our next – that's my next thing. Um, Zion, like, so I saw an interview, Zion and Malika Andrews um, on ESPN. And Zion laughed again when being asked about the Knicks and RJ Barrett. He laughs again. He laughs and smiles. He has the biggest smile on his face every like, it, dude Zion. You were so bad at hiding your emotions, bro. He literally like he lights up. He starts laughing. He's like yeah, like he starts laughing. His face lights up. He's smiling, and it's so obvious you want to come here, Zion. So whenever you're a free agent, whatever that is, like 2029 or whatever. That that this because with the first trip to free agency, it's like you get five years. You get nine years of the franchise. So. Whenever you're Richard the free agent in like 2029, nobody wants to play in New Orleans. Nobody cares about basketball. They only care about the Saints. Yeah, it's funny because the Pelicans are the worst fans in the league, or like one of the worst, and the, the Saints are like the, one of the best fan bases in the league. It's weird. Yeah, but. They, only, they only care about football. Though. They built that new stadium in New Orleans and nobody even goes. So, yeah. We got Fade for Cade. This is a funny one. Fade for Cade. See, I'm happy the Knicks are not in the tanking one world for once i mean Cade would be a, I mean, just an insane prospect to actually land i mean it would just be crazy but it's good to see your team actually like be competitive and maybe dallas um luca you could choke in the playoff game and then the play-in you really think Cade's the best prospect though because i like jalen suggs better well you like doesn't mean it's a conversation for sure it's i not- think jalen suggs is just way more complete i think he's like already like almost Zion. like jimmy butler well, but how Cade kind of him as a three-point shot and he i mean didn't he shoot over 40 yeah, but K coming as a mid-range game, he's 
he can create his own shot at the perimeter like at all three levels, actually, I should say. Players. I mean, Kate Cunningham's a wing, whereas Suggs is the point guard. So it, it, I guess preference – but if you're picking that high, you're picking the best player available. Bro, I just feel like Kate looks like an all-star. Like, Kate, watching his game, like, he literally looks like he's a, it's already an all-star. I don't know. He had a lot he of games. so polished. He just, he just fell asleep in the first half and then suddenly arose. I, I don't know. I'd rather have Suggs, I think. I think he's a little bit more complete. Okay, but listen. I'm, I'm, I hate to be this guy, but you don't watch nowhere near the film that the scouts do. So I'll trust the scouts' opinions on Kate Cunningham. Yeah, we trusted the scouts say. with Obi Toppin. Look at them. Like they didn't. Yeah, I still think though, regardless, like Frank. All right, did I not hate Obi Toppin the whole time? No, we oh, did. Man. We did. But I was the big. We were. We were legit. Cry. I was like. Their, I was pissed. Their evaluations I, fucking suck. I wanted to punch a TV when we drafted Obi Toppin. Lamelo Ball wasn't their number one player on their big board last year. They had Anthony Bust Edwards. So I don't care what the scouts think. Well, like, my mock Jeff, my SSP mock Jeff had Lamella Ball going number one of the Wolves. They listen to me. It's not my fault. I also picked Lamella Ball, and yeah. then I had I, I think James Wiseman. I went I had number two, but like I mean that's because they needed a center. They ultimately should have gotten Lamella Ball, which um, which everybody should take Lamella Ball. You hear the phone call about Lamella Ball? How like the Warriors promised Lamella they would pick him, according to Jalen Rose. He was on that uh, internal conference call or whatever. But I mean, that's oh, another they story. They always say for, that. They, they always say they. No, have no, no. He said no. He, there's no way he was lying about that because he said he was on it in. He was in the conference call about like he was he heard it out of the Warriors' uh, mouths. I, I don't think he's lying about that on national TV. I doubt it. But um, yeah. So the tank for kid, the T Wolves, the Rockets, the Pistons, and Magic, um, in the Thunder. We should do the, th- well, the Thunder. The thunder? Like How hard they're dude? They are losing they're a, a lose. insane. Yeah. They're a ten game losing streak, right? Ten games in a row. They are losing at a rapid rate right now, and they're going to get that number one seed. I just I don't think they're missing out on much if they don't get the first overall pick, though. There's some other like really great players in this draft. Yeah, but oh, having the number one pick allows you to have all the options. So you really get to pick your favorite player. And mm-hmm. then it's like, even if you want to trade back two spots, you get more picks. Like, I mean, there's nothing like having the number one pick. It's just uh, amazing because let's say you like Jalen Suggs a lot and you hate Kate Cunningham, but what happens if you have the number three pick and Jalen Suggs gets picked number two? It's like, oh, fuck, what just happened? So, I think we might see a situation just, just like last year where Cade Cunningham goes first and then Jalen Suggs is the second best player, kind of like LaMelo, but a center ends up going yeah, second. Mobley. Yeah. Oh, Evan Mobley. Here, yeah, it's the DeAndre and thing all over again. Yeah. But like teams and Marvin of- Bagley. Marvin Bagley oh, over Luka Doncic. That may be the worst. Absolute- I, I really bought into the Marvin Bagley hype. I thought he was going to be Oh, trimmed. no. I mean, he was you know, a freak athlete, and he he like I, he had like a little bit of shot creation, and that all just disappeared once he left college. Yeah, once he went to the <laughs> I've actually like been on this board the whole time that centers are awful in the top five. So I've I've always I mean I've stood that way the, the whole entire. Oh, I've yeah. never been necessarily awful. They're just not worth it. Like Aiton could easily like be Evan Mobley will legit be a Clint Capella or dude. Th- you know what they are because it's like what's the ceiling of a guy like Evan Mobley? Exactly. A Rudy Gobert. You think he's Embiid. He shouldn't be going in the top five. Like they always say, like, oh, he's a shot blocking big. They're like, it's the same words. It's like, oh, he's a shot blocker. He's athletic. He guard one through five. Like, no, they cannot guard one through five. First of all, they can guard. Three well, they can five. guard one through five in college, but that's much different than in the NBA. Exactly. You cannot guard Dame Lillard. You, you can't. Evan Mobley has no shot on Dame. Lillard. He would get in Steph Curry. He will actually get cooked. So Evan Mobley, I feel bad. The Tim Rules will pick him. So it's all right. We're good. No, nah, the Timberwolves are going to lose their pick. They're on. Oh, the Timberwolves will pick them. I promise. If the Timberwolves get a pick, 
They're not going to pick another guard. They have Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell. Even if they the first overall pick, you can't not take Cade Cunningham or Jalen Suggs. Like, you would just be an idiot. They didn't take Lamella Ball? Yeah, well, and they're idiots. <laughs> at least they took Edwards. It's not like they took Wiseman. All right, well, they, but everybody knew Lamella was better. But just pick- All I'm saying yeah, is as of right now, with, even with the best odds in the draft, they only have like a 30% chance of getting a top three yeah, pick. the new, lot- pick the new needed- lottery. Pick, mm-hmm. pick just talent over fit is what the biggest thing you can take away from this. Dude, fit doesn't matter. You can worry about no, the fit the best later. Best players fit together anyway. Because Curry and Lamella, like, remember, the Hornets had Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier. Devontae Graham came off an incredible season, had him on my fantasy basketball team, an absolute legend. Terry Rozier, obviously, you know, he's done some great stuff with the playoffs. So they had two proven guards already there. And Lamelo still found a way to get in the starting lineup eventually, get in the rotation, and put up rookie of the year numbers. Yeah, I mean, he would have done well, the same Mello thing in Golden State. Would have been so fun to watch. And Clay Thompson put, played small forward, bro. It's not that hard. Like he's yeah, small I mean, forward. He can play small forward. He's six foot like, seven. Just he's like tall. Let's just say they fall out of number whatever the pick. And Sharif Cooper right now is a lot of people have going number four. If the Warriors oh, have, I don't him, like Sharif Cooper though. He was. Even even if so, let's just say the Warriors pick up. They you could make it work. Curry could play off the ball. They have Draymond really running the point anyways. And you play Clay at small forward. He's he's good enough. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just get Absolutely. the best five players on the basketball court, and that's it. I agree with that. Okay, so um, moving on, we're going to be looking at the Nets. Steve Nash recently said he doesn't think that their big three will be getting any games together. Oh jeez. Um, before the postseason, of course. Now before this the postseason. Is- this is big because so far they've only played 186 minutes together the entire season over seven games, which obviously is not a huge sample size. So how much of an impact will this have on their playoff performance? Man, I think a lot. Um, we were talking about it. We've seen these guys play together, what, the first three or four games against the Cavs and the Grizzlies, and they never really had time to gel and they struggled. I think they really kind of need to get these guys back, and it's just always an injury. It's always a – Oh, I'm not playing tonight. Uh, he has to be 100% healthy. It's just always some sort of excuse or bullshit. And you know what? To be honest with you, it's kind of pissing me the fuck off, and I hope that they pay for it. <laughs> I hope they pay for it. I hope the Lakers beat them now because this is getting a little bit ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Well, yeah, so I think the the real team you want to bring up here for comparison is the 2008 Boston Celtics. They only played, I believe, like 20 or so games in the regular season together with the big three. And they had three series all in the Eastern Conference or the East first round, the East semis, the East finals, all go seven games. They won in seven games each series. So it took them a while. I mean, they had their, you know, their challenges and, and they overcame some shit. They were down three, two, and I believe the semis. Um, so they had to overcome a lot. I think the Nets will have some adversity in the playoffs. And now I'm not sure if they'll lose necessarily, but they'll have some adversity. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucs have them down 3-2, and then they ultimately do come back and win versus the Bucs. Something will happen where the Nets will have to be some type of adversity um, in the playoffs, and can they overcome it is going to be the, the real question. I hope not. I think they, they 100%. Right now, they're the 2C. They play the Heat in the first round. I know you guys love the Heat, but like in my personal opinion, like the Nets would wash the Heat. The Heat just don't have the firepower to keep up with them. Well, the and- thing is, right now, dude, you know what? I, I really think it's being underestimated, dude. And I don't, but dude, we have to talk about this because KD has been hurt like six times, like six different. Oh, yeah. like, it feels like, like, dude, you, what's what's people stopping people from saying he might not have that in the playoffs happen to him? Oh, 100%. I mean, I, listen, 
once you tear your Achilles or your ACL, you're very susceptible to more injuries. And that's exactly what's happening with Kevin Durant. It's happening. It, it, dude, like, he's 32. He's 33. Like, dude, this, this has bodies falling apart before our very own eyes. Yeah. And I mean, whether you like it or not, it's, it's true. Kobe Bryant, you saw him. He tore his Achilles. He was never the same player. He had that one good season where he averaged 27 a game after that. And then ever since that, he fell off. I, just, when he, I think this, this current injury KD has is a very tic-tac injury. And like, if this was the playoffs, he'd be playing. Say, he would be, he would be, he would be playing too. Yeah, it's a two. He'll be out until the first week of April turning, or so. May. But graph. So he'll be back like what? Like May 5th, May 6th, May, whatever it is. Yeah, May, early it's May. a legitimate concern for sure though. I mean, the only one who really hasn't been hurt is Kyrie, but as we all know, he just goes off and does his own thing anyway. So but that's cool. Honestly, I don't really have a problem with Kyrie does because he's only done it twice this year. I'm more of a problem of what like Harden and like Harden does because I should have Harden doesn't rest, but what he's doing right now is absolute bullshit. He yeah, literally just said, I, oh, "Okay, take a ten day off. I'm taking ten days Harden off. I have no injury." Like legit though, like with the hammy. It's not. It's not legit. It's not legit whatsoever. It's a I fake injury. I can't kill him for that. I would because as soon as KD came back, as soon as KD came off the hamstring, it's like, "Oh, I'm back. I'm I'm gonna sit now. It's my turn to sit." Okay, it, it is. It's the truth. I don't know. Like I get, I get like the, this is going back to the whole load management thing. I see the issues, but like personally, the Nets aren't like the worst defender. I think the Clippers are the worst defender by far. I mean, how many? Oh, times- the Nets are the worst this year. The Nets are the worst. How many they times have PG and Kawhi play together? I feel like it, they literally don't play together. No, they. And then they complain in the playoffs when they don't win because your your two superstars have no chemistry. Yeah, they literally just alternate like who plays each. See, game that's what I'm saying. I ho- I literally hope the Lakers. I literally hope that the Lakers obliterate the Nets in the finals. Well, I hope they lose in four games. Nick, I have bad news for you, but I think the Clippers are coming out of the West. So, okay, so then I hope the Knicks come out of the East. Knicks in five. <laughs> Knicks, Clippers. Knicks in five. We will beat the Clippers because the Clippers will find a way to choke. They will find a way. Know, the Clippers have been looking really good recently. And I, you know, pandemic finally adjusting to life without You're taking Julius Randle or our our Kawhi Leonard in a playoff series. Tell me. We'll see. I mean, I really like what the Clippers are doing right now. We talk about a guy who doesn't sit out, though. It's, you know, Steph Curry is on the Warriors, you know, the, the 10th seed in the West. Never sits. The guy never sits. Um, he's currently averaging 39 points per game, 6.6 rebounds, 4.3 assists, shooting 55% oh, from the man. field, 49% from three. The Warriors are only 5-4 and four in these games. Uh, it's going to be a tough offseason. We know they have the Timberwolves pick. Curry uh, is eligible for, the, I think, the Supermax extension. Clay Thompson is going to return from a two-year – of injury, and I was talking about this with Sneak. I think they'd be the three or the four seed right now if Clay was healthy. To be honest with you guys, I really do, um, and I think that they would have a real shot of coming out of the West this season because I don't really know about the Lakers' well, look, concerns. But I, I think that the Warriors really should go after a third star next year with that pick and possibly Wiseman and some of these yeah. other role players that they have, and try and go and compete for a title. So the Warriors fucked up, right? They fucked up this off past offseason by not, you know, trading up for a star or drafting Lamelo Ball, and they. Probably chose the worst one, which is Wiseman, because if they pick Lamelo Ball, even if you did not like the fit, that trade piece, Lamelo as a trade piece would, oh, dude, you know how much picks would you would have to have like like five first round picks, six first round picks to take him or to get him from the Warriors. So they made a mistake this offseason with with how they handled the draft. Now they have another opportunity because the Wolves are generous enough to be that dumb and give him another pick. <laughs> and now what yeah, you have to do here? Protected though, so they're not guaranteed. Okay. Okay, but with the draft lottery lies, it's fucked. I mean, any it could. Have, so let's say they do get the pick, though. The Warriors cannot fuck this up again. They they must they must package that Wiseman and Andrew Wiggins for whatever they can get. And 
even if they get a third star, I honestly don't think that's enough to win a title. I think the Warriors are further away than people think. Draymond Green has fell off a cliff and nobody has talked about it. He, his shooting splits are so bad. Yeah, he can't. His, his shooting like splits are so bad. Frank, he is not a good player anymore. I, I've been watching, I watched some of the games this season. He doesn't, they, they leave him wide open, dude. That he doesn't know to shoot the basketball anymore. But he plays, he makes Steph Curry play better ultimately because Steph Curry can do a lot of work off the ball and he can ultimately make him play better. And that's like Draymond Green might not have his, like you said, an impact as a shooter, but he's also a great defender. He's a great leader. He helped James Wiseman out a lot, and he's he should be there. And you, see, I, I understand you say he fell off a cliff, but a lot of the times they were never really close. Yeah, no, sure, no. pointers. But but in 2016, when they went 73 games, he really only had the one good shooting season. Yeah, and 2016 is shot. five seasons away. Of course, he's going to get. I, 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 no, but see, no, all right. So to wrap this up, pretty much, I think that if Clay, Clay who knows, he's getting older. Obviously, he's two years in a row injured now. So. The Warriors might be further away than we think, honestly. Yes, but if they get if they have Curry and Clay and a third star, they can easily be a top three seed in the West. Oh, top three. Absolutely. I don't know about Clay though, man. He's missed two seasons with an ACL and Achilles, and now he's over thirty. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, you, so you don't think if they let's just say they even got Rudy Gobert, you don't think that they would be the third best team in the West right now? They would need. Probably. They need like a guy. They need a, a wing. I, I said this time. They need an elite wing. They need like a yeah. They need like a good like a Paul George. A, Paul George. Like, you like said Paul George. Durant I think Paul player? George is right. If they get Paul George, you're winning the West. Well, if Kawhi leaves, they could get PG. That's definitely. So I have to show this graph because we're, this is a good point by Frank. So if Kawhi leaves in free agency, then Paul George will most likely be a Warrior. I think. I mean, because they'll be rebuilding. They'll blow it up and they'll trade Wiseman, the pick. And um, but that's two seasons away. That's not this off season. No, it is. It is. No, Kawhi's a free agent this summer. Yeah, so all right, we're, we're gonna wrap this podcast up. Kawhi's probably gonna um, stay. Depends how far they go, though. Yeah, we'll see. Um, that's gonna be it. We'll catch you guys on Friday with um some more, you know, more news in the NFL and NBA world. Um, we'll see you guys. The draft ten days away. Um, I'm hyped well, for that. Finally. But, yep. All right. Peace, everyone.